We hope that this message encourages you today. For more information about us, please visit myfreedom.church. Um, so to start us off, um, what do you see? For all those who aren't looking at the screen, look at the screen. Oh, very, very good. Yes, a technical drawing of St. Paul's Cathedral. It's <laughs> so absolutely right. Hands up if you all agree with, with uh, Mike's comment. Absolutely great. Okay, can we have the next one, please? And this one? It's probably very similar. I do believe it's St. Paul's, and it's a bit more detailed, isn't it? Yeah, okay, and the next one, please. And here is... St. Paul's Cathedral, indeed, it is. Now, um, yeah, it's not badly out of focus, that's quite good. And another shot, please. So here it is from another angle. So let's move to the next shot. Okay, what does this look like? No, 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 you've had a clue. Anybody else like to shout out? Paul Airy? Blackpool Tower? It is not Blackpool Tower. I'm sorry. You know, we don't stoop quite so low in this congregation. <laughs> Forgive me if you like Blackpool. Okay, next one. We'll see. Ah, yes. Is that, is that really the Eiffel Tower? Excuse me. See, that is not the Eiffel Tower. It is a plan of the Eiffel Tower. Let's next, next shot, please. Ah, now then. Here we go. Anybody been up the Eiffel Tower? It's worth a visit. Uh, okay, so. A very grand and um, prominent landmark is the Eiffel Tower because it's so flat around it. Okay, so what's the point? Why, why have I just illustrated something here? Well, plans are very different from the actual reality of what it represents, yeah? And at some point, a plan, next shot please, needs to become reality. Now, that close-up shot from whatever it was, 18-whatever, early 19s, I don't know when it was built actually, look how epic that construction is. A construction to build the construction, you know? I mean, it's like, whew, this is hands-on, isn't it? And I don't know how long it took to build, but it took time. An effort and possibly a few deaths here, actually, I would have thought, because in those days um, in civil engineering, there were a lot of fatalities. Um, the infrastructure of our nation, a lot of people lost their lives. Um, anyway, that's going off on a point. Jeremiah 29, let's read it, let's turn to it, says something, 29.11, I'm sure it's ringing some bells with some. Yes, for I know, says God. Sorry, sorry if I do that, then I can't. I'm just going to go up here. So we need a greater lip on this. That's okay. For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. And keeping going, then you will call upon me and go and pray to me, and I will listen to you. And you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. I will be found by you, says the Lord. Isn't that wonderful? That is such a wonderful promise. Now, that was just into specific 
time and place for the Israelites. But it still speaks today. God has plans for us, plans not to harm us, plans for a future and a hope. Hence my picturing the plans. God has plans for us, which is encapsulated by the many words that have been brought over us. And Mark alluded to it the other day, last week even, yes, that we had a prayer meeting coming up a month ago where I felt very pressed to review the words that God has spoken to us over the years. And in the prayer meeting, we gave some time just to wait on God. And as people contributed, I scribbled down some things. I'm not going to show you now. Wait. You'll see it on the screen in a minute. Don't let it steal my thunder. Okay. That stemmed from me, the previous day, really needing to receive something fresh from God. And I was reminded on my phone, I had a prophetic word from Jeff Newton from two years ago. And I listened to it and it quickened something in me that caused me to freshly remember who I was and who I am. And it made me think, right, the prophetic word strengthened me. And I felt that it was almost like an object lesson from God saying, Stu, that's what I want you to do amongst the people here, that we review and remember and bring centre stage the things he has spoken over us. So that is what I'm going to do this morning. I'm going to focus on, with Mark's technical support, and I just wanted to say as well, and I'm sorry people on the internet, I needed to give you a mention. I want to thank Mark for all his hard work with the digital side of stuff, which I kind of go, what? Um, all that hard work behind the scenes, putting things online for people to listen to again, and the vision for what it contains, because the world is out there and we can connect. Yes. And um, the last time, you know, <laughs> I'm not blowing my own trumpet, but you know, I think I might mention the word on Azusa Street. Do you remember that preach? The last time I looked, it was something over 2,000 views. 3.4, oh my goodness, 3.4 thousand views. What? I don't know whether they listened for five minutes and thought, oh, I thought it was going to something else and then click off. But the point is, it's influencing. Okay? Shows the absolute massive potential. Not that we're trying to big ourselves up, but the word is to go forth to the ends of the earth. And this is one way through it. Mark has an amazing vision for this. So thank you. And people who are listening today, I pray now for those who aren't here this morning. Now, you can all join with your faith. Join with mine. Father, I pray that revelation comes, that this goes beyond the mere words that I speak today. And I'm calling that upon the body here this morning as well, that we receive revelation over the words that have come from heaven that will anchor us and hold us in the name of Jesus. Okay, now, I have been reading through Ezra and I recommend it. Ezra is one of the teachers of Israel, and he was in Babylon as part of the captivity, the exile, and it was kind of the the end of that time that God had prophesied. Seventy years out of Jerusalem, push off, you've been so bad, 
I have to exile you, get rid of you till another generation arises. And then God put it in the heart of the king, King Cyrus, king of Babylon, not a Hebrew, not a Jew, to say, build a temple in Jerusalem. Well, where did that come from? Hmm. So Ezra leads the people back and they reinstigate worship. That's the first thing. And I'm really sorry. There's so much I want to share, but I can't. I will say, though, that what I am going to share could become a teaching series for the year. And I'm not underestimating that. There are so many truths here that need unpacking. And we need, if you haven't heard it, you need to hear it. And if you have heard it, you need a refresh. Okay. But what I saw in Ezra was the opposition. And also the thread of the journey of God's purposes in the earth. So God chose Abraham and he moved through the generations. They grew, they became the Israelites, they came out of Egypt, going to the land, and da 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 Then they get exiled. God has always got a plan. The plan was now it's time to go back. So they reinstigate worship and they start to build. And then in Ezra 4, they get opposition. Hang on a minute. What are these Jews doing? We can't be having them do this. We're going to write to the king. This is not on. No, in fact, they hired people to discourage them. They did everything in their power to stop them. And then ultimately there was a letter from the king of the wider area to say, you stop building. Oh, so this is a period of time. But then it stopped for, I'm not sure now, I'm going to refer to Alan, and I don't want to put him on the spot, Alan Mabry, whether he knows roughly how long the gap was between them stopping and then restarting under Haggai. I believe it's a few decades, and I didn't have... 20 years, okay. That's a long time. How long have we been on the road? Okay. Now, relating this to my own journey... I came to Leeds. I felt there was something big in store. What was it? Didn't know. Came to City of God in Leeds, as it was called. And God went. (laughs) It was like he struck me to the floor with a lightning bolt. This is your home. I didn't understand much. All I knew was, ah, God meant business. I'm stuck here until he says go somewhere else. And that was in 1982. It's a long time ago. (laughs) Mike will remember. Alan and Celia probably remember. John and Elizabeth. Alan and Hillary. The year after. Okay. And and others, perhaps. Susan Rhodes. Yes. Um, Forgive me if I've missed anybody. We are on a journey, and there are the ups and downs. And I just thought that letter from Jeff was a prophetic platform for what I want to share. He alluded to Bryn Jones, Ian Russell the apostolic input that we've experienced. And the story isn't over yet. So what I'm bringing today, and I'm sorry this is going longer than I'd hoped it would, but it's worth it. We are in God's plan. And he hasn't forgotten us. And we have a fulfillment to fulfill. (laughs) So... Where do we start? Okay, so perhaps we may begin. So, yeah, sorry, next slide. So, what we're going to do, Mark has wonderfully put together a word wall, if you like, of keywords that represented the prophetic words over us that people were reminded of. Now, I do believe at that evening, 
It was significant what was brought and the sequence in which those things came. There may be other things as well, and I'm not saying they're not important or they're not relevant. They are. But, and so if you can think of something, ah, God also said that, then write it up, pray it, tell us, share it. But here is a, a nutshell of, there's a big, very big nutshell actually, of stuff God has been saying. So freedom is a very new word to us. Freedom Church, you remember Kathy? Sorry, I was saying the center. Kathy had that vision of the plane in the sky with the banner behind it, and we've been reminded, John Barge reminded us the other day, and then Pat Gray reminded us they both saw planes in the sky. I did too from my garden, couldn't read it either, but flying overhead, reminding us about what God had said on that banner was freedom, and that he wanted us to be called Freedom Church. And he is not ever, never, ever, ever going to let us get away from it. He's going to pursue us. You're called to be free. There's a teaching in that a lot. Okay. And I just want to point us to two verses of scripture. Galatians 5 verse 1. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Now it's particularly with reference to the Jewish law, the Hebraic law. We're free from the dogma and the ritual and everything else. But there's a principle wider than that as well that we can all grasp because we're non-Jew people. So we get, we get that there's a sense of having freedom. And I just want to look at John 8, verse 21, because this is another element that will help and point us towards this truth about what our freedom is to be. You see, God wants us to be free so that we can bring others into that freedom. And if we don't know how to be free or we don't know how to maintain our freedom, then we're a bit up the creek without a paddle, aren't we, really? So we really need to know this. So verse, shout at me if you found John chapter 8. Two people listening, that's great. Two people with Bibles. Well done. Okay. So I'm just going to read a little bit leading in because it's good to read scripture publicly. Verse 21 of chapter 8. Then Jesus said to them again, I'm going away and you'll seek me and where and will die. Sorry. I am going away and you will seek me and will die in your sin. Where I go, you can't come. So the Jews said, will he kill himself? Because he says, where I go, you can't come. Don't base a theology on that, please. And he said to them, you are from beneath. I am from above. You're of this world. I am not of this world. Therefore, I said to you that you will die in your sins. For if you don't believe that I am he, you will die in your sins. Then they said to him, who are you? And Jesus said to them, just what I've been saying to you all along. I have many things to say and to judge concerning you. But he who sent me is true. And I speak to the world those things which I heard from him. They didn't understand what he spoke to, that he spoke to them of the father. Then Jesus said to them, when you lift up the son of man, then you will know that I am he and that I do nothing of myself. But as my father taught me, I speak these things. And he who sent me is with me. The father has not left me alone, for I always do those things that please him. And as he spoke these words, many believed in him. And this is a particular verse just coming up. Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. That's it, John eight thirty two. But you see why I've preceded it with that. 
platform of word. It's about Jesus teaching as we stick with it, stay with it, we'll come into freedom. It will set us free. We'll think, hang on a minute, I'm believing a lie. Uh, the scripture says this, hang on, hey, I don't need to believe this anymore and I can do the things I didn't think I could, so I'm going to be free. Okay, next word, please. And if you're getting a bit, um, ooh, I like that. If you're getting a bit frustrated with me moving on too quick, well, we will dig it over more in, in weeks and months to come. Wildfire. So, freedom hasn't disappeared. It's still here. But wildfire. Now, that was a word that Sharon Stone, prophet of God, brought to us as a congregation. She'd come up to Leeds just over 10 years ago, maybe about 12 now. And we hosted an event that was an interchurch event, and she stayed with us on the Sunday morning. And we got blessed because she brought a word to the church. She's, she's a great servant of the body of Christ, and she will seek God for the church who hosts her because she wants to give something back. And she brought a two, three, four-page A4 word to us. It was big. And I'll summarise it in that word, wildfire. But there's something about a passion that God wants us to capture. He wants us to be captured by the purposes of God. Set a fire. Somebody said once, didn't they, if, uh, if you want to see revival, if you want to see revival, catch fire and let the world watch you burn. And we need to stir and fan into the flame what is placed in us. We live in a society where virtually everything seeks to dampen that and dissuade and discourage and deflate. We have to fan that into fire, into flame, sorry. Wildfire. There is much more to that word. We have a copy of it at home, and um, I'm sure a few of you do. But we can look at it again and just review it and just think, yeah, Father, help us to line up. Okay, next word. Now, this is one which... um, came a number of years ago and I felt it's almost when I was meditating on it it's almost like a word that came for a season and I'm not dismissing it and I looked up briefly what it represented from scripture yesterday and it was very much a center very much a place of destination a place of well it's the place where they were first called Christians believers were first called Christians it's a very significant place and it was a very um, what's the word I'm looking for? It was a, I can't think of the word, a very productive place. And people also likened it to a sending place. It would send people out. We've experienced that a lot. A lot of people have come through us and we've sown into the nations. Um, you remember Andrew Owen? Has a, an international internet ministry. You know, and we benefit, we tune in and watch him. It's great. Him and Sue. Um, she does these like two minute prayer things. It's fabulous. I just want to pray for you today in a very gentle, quiet way. But it's reaching so many people. They're on TBN, I think. Uh, so, yeah, Antioch Church. Now, I don't feel that that word for us is relevant at this time, but it's maybe something God will breathe on in the future. Hey. Now, it's interesting. As I pondered this, It struck me how much we strive to find our identity. 
not only as individuals, but as churches. I says, oh, well, well, we're an Ephesian church. Oh, well, we're, uh, no, we're not a Philadelphian church. No, 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 we're, we're, uh, we're uh, this church or we're that church or whatever. And it's like, you know, why do we do that? And I do agree that churches have different personalities, different emphases, which isn't wrong. It's the colour of the kingdom, isn't it? That we can't all represent everything all at once. And this is the tribes being brought together to, to the, the full of beauty of the bride of Christ. But we often are asking ourselves, who am I? Who are we? And I really felt this from God. The deeper we go into God, into his word, into his spirit and encounter his ways, the clearer we become about our identity God does not want us hung up on asking who we are. He says, get caught up with finding out who I am. It will sort everything else out. And in the process, you probably get set fire. Wildfire will hit you. So that's identity. Next word, please. Or words. Hmm. Now then. I'm going to change it into covenant kingdom and restoration. Because as I thought about it, I felt actually it works better that way. These are massive foundational teachings that three minutes will not do justice. Three months wouldn't do justice to some of these. And whole books and libraries probably have been written on these topics And I will give a very, very short summary if you're not really sure what I'm referring to. But this is very much about our heritage of where the church came from. Out of the move of God in the 70s, which challenged denominations, and men of God were burdened with a a bigger picture of God restoring things to a biblical perspective. And these three words are key elements of what was being brought to the church of God at that time. So in summary, covenant, and I'm starting with covenant because it's about relationship. A covenant is a pledge of agreement between two people, like a contract. But in biblical terms, it was often sealed in blood. So you meant business. If you were in a covenant, it meant business. You were pledging yourself. You better keep your word. It had very, very strong connotations in biblical times. And so, as I say, it could have been a teaching, and I'm jotting from lots of thoughts in my head at once. We've got the covenant God made. We're interested in the covenants that God makes with mankind, not just between men. Those with God and man. So Adam, covenant God made with Adam, with Noah, Abraham, David, Israel. And finally, the new covenant which is wonderfully still new. Isn't that great? Things in God don't get old. The new covenant. Let's just look. Luke twenty-two twenty, when Jesus brings that to the disciples, which I'm sure is very familiar to you. Whilst I'm turning, just remember why I'm sharing this. This is God's blueprint St. Paul's Cathedral, do you remember? The Eiffel Tower, the plans. What I'm sharing 
I believe, is God's plan. It's very real to him, but to us it might be a bit dim, a bit vague, a bit blurry, woolly. So I want us to grasp that these words that represent truth, that represent revelation, are to be to us our blueprint as we move forward. That we can work with it, we can go back to it. Let's look back at the plan. You know, how many times did they, when they're building the Eiffel Tower, they had to go back and say, which bolts do we use for this bit? And was it, which size are these bits? Let's have a look. This is what God wants us to do in a very real, real way. It keeps us on target for what he said over us, that we will fulfill what he's told us. Luke 22, 20 saith, likewise, likewise, he also, that's Jesus, took the cup after supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is shed for you. Okay, what about kingdom? Okay, kingdom is bigger than the church. Okay, a kingdom has a king. That's Jesus. It speaks of a rule and a dominion, of heavenly order, of rules and laws. Now, don't get caught up with rules and laws, but God has rules and laws. You can muse on that. It's all founded on justice and righteousness. And the church's influence is to be into the nation and the nation's affecting change for good in society. That's what the kingdom is. Okay, so we can influence our society, our city, through kingdom as we rub shoulders with those in authority who make the rules. Okay, so that's kingdom. And restoration next. Okay, are you with it? Are you, are you still following me? Are you provoked? Are you challenged? Are you encouraged? That's three. Good. Okay. Now this is a whoa verse. Okay? Everybody go, whoa. Whoa. Hmm, Okay. I'm sure you can do better than that, but never mind. Right. Turn to Acts chapter 3. I'm going to read from verse 17, uh, culminating in about verse 21. But don't look yet. Let's just read from verse 17. Now, this is Peter talking to the crowds that gathered after the guy at the beautiful gate got healed. And everybody's going, wow, or whoa. Okay, that wasn't the whoa bit I was on about, but anyway. Um, So let's read it from verse 17. He's talking to the crowd. He says, yet now, brothers, I know that you did it in ignorance, as in crucifying Jesus, as did your rulers, But those things which God foretold by the mouth of all his prophets, that the Christ would suffer, he has thus fulfilled. Repent, therefore, and be converted, so that your sins may be blotted out, so that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord, and that he may send Jesus Christ, who was preached to you before, verse 21, whom heaven must receive until the times of restoration of all things which God has spoken by the mouth of all his holy prophets since the world began. This is a keystone verse. 
in terms of the principles of God, his plan for the entire universe and everything. That Jesus is currently in heaven until the point of the restoration of all things. And that's where we come in. Okay? We have a place, a role to bring restoration. And you might think, well, what's that? What's that look like? I mean, you can begin to imagine it. A piece of furniture, old tatty gets restored. But it's more than that. It's always more than the original plan with God. It's not plan A. It's plan A+. Plus. Every one of us has a part in this job, if you like. Being here in East End Park is a very real manifestation of this plan. And we're going to put hands and feet to it as we move forward in the coming months. To see a restoring of, it can be of all sorts of things, but primarily it's about people's lives being restored. And they come into a discovery of the salvation of Jesus and a transformation, which we've all experienced, haven't we? We know Jesus has changed us. He is restoring us too. It's not just a finished work. The restitution of all things, it says in another translation. And I want to be part of that. And Ephesians 4.11, do you want to just jump ahead, is a part of that, another major building block of that process. I should know it off by heart, but I just want to. Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. So it says, and he himself, that's Jesus, gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers, the fivefold ministry, for the equipping of the saints, to build them up for the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Whoa. In the earth that we will be seen as the Christ man. So God has appointed apostles, prophets, pastors, teachers and evangelists to help us get the job done. Now that was a major verse, particularly for the apostolic church. A number of years ago, they caught wind of it much more early than the rest of us. So within the Church of England and the Catholic Church, there were people thinking, well, where are the apostles and the prophets? And there wasn't a place for them. So they moved out of the denominations under prophetic word and apostolic leading and building. And that's kind of where we are today. We are on that heritage of building on apostles and prophets. And we continue to need that and to work with apostles and prophets and the other three ministries. They're all important. But this is foundational. Okay, now I've been going about half an hour. And I don't want to not do justice to everything that I want to share. How easy is it to set this up? I don't know who's on. All right, okay. Okay. Maybe we might park it and leave it for a bit longer. What would you like me to do? At least one more. Well, the one more is going to be very quick because it, doesn't fit no no do the first one 
Um, okay, now that word, I've got mandate. Okay, there's a mandate there. You, some of you will know what it is. We're not going to look at it right now, so zoom that one away. Um, and the next one will be, well, we can zoom through this one as well. Now, I don't remember a prophetic word about this, but I'm not bothered by it because everything I've been saying is reflective of the point is we are to hold influence for good. What do they say? Bad things happen when good men do nothing. We're the good. We're the salt and light. We need to be salt and light out there. Bringing change, challenging things that aren't right, saying, hang on a minute, no, that isn't right. But also a wisdom. So like speaking into the whole gay agenda, you know, if you stood up and stood on a street corner, you'd just get stoned probably if you started to speak what the word says. So we need a great wisdom and sensitivity because this is a very, very crafty arrow of the enemy against the kingdom of God. We need a a wisdom that is immersed in love for people when we minister truth about this issue. Okay, jumping on to the next one. We're doing well. Creativity. Okay, hands up if you think you're creative. Right, about 30, 30 40, 40, 50, 50, any, any, any advance on 50? Any, I'll get about 50, 50, 50, going, going. Well, actually, it should be 100%. We're all creative. But if you haven't discovered it yet, then do some discovering. Ian Russell brought us a word about maybe five years ago now, perhaps, about a box. He saw a box during the worship, and the lid was taken off, and there was all this kind of multicolored streams, ribbons coming out of it, and it represented the creative heart of God. So that can be art and prophetic art. We see we have responded to that prophetic word. We are doing the prophetic bit with art. Great. Drama, mime. Pete would be giving the amen if he was here. Um, music, song, all manner of creative things. It's almost an ending. And I'm looking at this guy here who's very creative in the area of writing and journalism. Um, so much to the orb of creativity, and that's in us. And we see a lot of that, but there's more. You know, sometimes creative types uh, struggle to fit into the nice, neat order of the church. And quite often they kind of go a bit left field and aren't in the church officially because they just don't feel they fit in. Um, And we need to work at giving space to those who are a little bit more bohemian, for want of a better word. Um, And God speaks in most amazing ways. Never diss the messenger. You know, they might come in the most... I've had a prophetic word who somebody wasn't... It was a Jehovah's Witness. They didn't know they were giving me a prophetic word, but it was. Um, So never diss the messenger. God can speak through a donkey, say, hey. Um, How do we get onto that? I don't know, but it's good. All right. Next one. I think we might get through it. We might. Are, are you all right if we go on a little bit? If, if I do the whole thing this morning, it might take us another 15 minutes. Would you be okay with that? If you need to stand up, stretch, and go wiggle, wiggle, please do. I don't mind if you want to stand up in the middle of me talking. That's what they do in African church. They just stand up. If they're getting tired, they just stand up, and you see these people bobbing up. Okay. Radical. Now, this was a word 
about 18 months ago. I, Kathy received it. I received it. And I felt like, oh, Kathy stole my thunder. I was going to share that word. There is a preach on it, okay? Do you remember me talking about us being radical? Okay, I'm not going to go into it all vaguely, right? You need to go back online and listen again. Now, we don't want to be radical for the sake of it. That's a pointless exercise. But as we pursue this blueprint, we cannot fail to be radical because it will cut against the spirit of the age. It will cut against standard culture and we will be radical. And also radical refers to the root. We're coming back to our root, okay, which is in the word of God. <clears throat> and also I'll just plug the, the Jewish agenda as well. Okay? We come from the stock of the Jewish inheritance. And there is a grafting in happening now, some incredible things happening amongst the Jewish people by way of salvation, coming to their Messiah. Thank God. That's a sign, a sign that the end is near because it is, it's in Romans when Paul talks about the regrafting in to the vine. You know, we're, we're kind of, you know, the sort of the uh, squatters, if you like, but by God's grace, he's joined the Gentiles in. It was all in his purpose and plan. But the Jewish people, if you just get to know them who are Orthodox, there's an incredible amount of learning we can gain from them. Yeah. They don't understand it. Uh, they're, they're blind. <laughs> I remember, this is going off on a tangent, but we went to the, uh, it's kind of a museum or something in um, Shadwell. It's a Jewish place you can go, open for certain hours, and it just takes you through uh, a model, um, what do you call it, ghetto, as it were, of what the Jewish people, what they, how they used to live. And they, we were taken through a guided tour. And the lady who was doing it, she says, oh, we have this bit here. And I thought, I don't know what this, what this is about, why we do this. And we're looking at her thinking, oh, well, you know why it says the Lion of the tribe of Judah on there. It's like, <laughs> but they will be made jealous by our revelation. And we think, how do you know this? Is because we found the Messiah. He is Jesus, and you need to repent and come back. Um, okay, so radical. We're going to be radical. Listen to that preach again. Next word. Now, this is a really timely, fresh word that came from Alan Mabry at that time of the evening, which was really on the back of this whole sense. Of, and it summarized the reason I put it there like that, because it is just easy in a nutshell. That's what it means. That God is calling us unique. We're not like any other church. We're not to look to another church to model and be like them. God says, just, just sack it, will you? And just be who you're meant to be. And we don't have to replicate like McDonald's, wherever you go throughout the earth, you just walk in, it's the same fries, burger, milkshake. No. I mean, at least you can get consistency and you know what you're going to get if you're in a foreign country and you don't like the food. However... God does not want us to be the same as everybody else. He delights in our uniqueness. Okay. And be comfortable with being different or not being like anybody else. I think we're going to get through this. This is good. Okay. So number 10. And this is no particular uh, order of importance. Now then, this one is closely followed <laughs> by... The next one. Now, is it going to disappear? I want you to, what, everybody say what it says. That's a big word, isn't it? Tri-generational. Okay. Oh, 
Okay, maybe you've missed out about the sentence. Um, okay. Can you go backwards? Go on. There we go. Okay. No, no, no. This is the next one. There we go. Here we are. Okay. So under that sits another list of prophetic words. So I'm going to read them out and I want you to take note. So family, community, city. Now that came as a prophetic word to us that we are to be family. In a community, we influence our city. Okay, hold that thought. Another word, which was mentioned last week, mothers and fathers. They're a word that we're to be mothers and fathers. I'm looking at you two here. Mothers and fathers. To those who aren't our flesh and blood. But we just mother people and father them because they haven't had that. Or an inadequate parenting. Uh, another word, Family. We often hear people say when we're saying goodbye to them, oh, you've been family to us, you've been family, family. Okay, and another one was young people. There was a press about young people. All of that, I wanted to sit under this. Now, where does this come from? I do believe Sharon Stone included this in her prophetic word of wildfire about being a tri-generational church. Now, it's not about being a tri-generational church. It's actually about reflecting scripture, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, or Israel. It's biblical, and what has dogged the church, capital C, through many years is the lack of working with this principle that the grandparents and the parents and the children work together. The gift of years which is why Alan is going to be sharing Alan Mabry next Sunday, we are to cherish and honour too because you've been through so much more than most of us simply by being on this planet and just following God for that time. But there's a wealth of wisdom. And what has happened in the church, it's the middle generation that has elbowed out the older one at their peril and has lost something of wisdom and grace and insight and guidance and the young the young guys come in all right okay yeah 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 full of all this stuff look at Rhea Bowen and all the mistakes he made foolish boy you can look at it yourselves I'm not going to go there um and the youngsters too so the youngsters they're full of energy zeal they need harnessing but some of them come with they are bringing in new gift new life they can be really sharp in the holy spirit we can get a bit dull and a bit like you are a bit sleepy but the youngsters can be bringing something it's all that sharp but it needs managing look they've shared that which is this morning i asked elsie to sing because i sensed there was something come on just just sing for us just sing did were you blessed yeah, yeah. <laughs> something happens when elsie sings i tell you in the spirit it's like whoa god thank you lord mainline from heaven so it's about joining together and walking forward i remember martin scott saying that there was this disablement that had come to the church because as as you liken the journey to striding forward each generation is a is a leg stepping 
But the trouble was, the, 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 they'd stepped forward, then this, this leg here that had stepped forward now began to hold the next one moving forward, and it was tripping over and stumbling. So the, the, the whole concept of being tri-generational is totally fundamental to our success in bringing forth the kingdom of God. There is no one generation better than another. We're of all of equal value, but let's work with this principle and honour the way God has ordained it. So there's a whole load more in all of that. And we need to model this different way. We're not a student church. We're not a white middle-class professional church. We're not a church of white-haired octogenarians. Though all of these are valid and valued in themselves, we must recognize every generation is key to a healthy church community. As the African proverb says, it takes a whole village to raise a child. I'm still a child. All right, and now let's go to the next one. Thank you for your patience, everybody, and listening to all of this. And if it's been a bit much, just listen again. Um, Launching out. Now then, we had a number of boat words. Okay, Hillary brought a boat word when Ian and Marge were last up here. Um, I had a boat word recently for Mark. I didn't realise I was seeing um, the bridge of a ship and Mark was at the helm of it. It was funny, you know, when you see things, you're not quite sure what you're looking at um, until it just becomes something before you that God's showing you. And Kathy had that boat word, if you remember it, which is why we moved from Ashwood Centre to here. A lot of boat words. And even going further back, I remembered, do you remember I preached on a ship in dry dock? You remember that? And God was saying it's time to launch out. So we've had all these kind of preparatory words about launching into the waters and casting out our nets. Okay. And also, just to remind you, the ship wasn't necessarily fully ready. Okay. So don't panic if you don't think, well, I don't think we're ready for this. You're as ready as you'll ever be. But you can work on preparing yourself more. So this is all very current imagery. And we're to be out on the water. Right, I have come to my conclusion point, which is almost ahead of my thoughts of 15 minutes. Right, I want us to then... No, we won't go backwards. What we'll do is remember the word mandate I said in the scripture up there, which was Luke 4, 18, 19, which is up here, isn't it? Yes. What I'm going to do... I'm going to be radical. I'm going to go back to my roots and look at Isaiah 61 because yesterday morning the Bible fell open at Isaiah 61 as I was asking God to talk to me. Yeah, okay, I don't use the pin, but I ask God to talk to me and he does through the word. So it fell open here and I thought, oh yeah, what's, oh Isaiah 61, oh that's the verse that Jesus, why is it that in the New Testament it says it one way and then in the Old Testament it says it another way? But Jesus read from the Old Testament, so I thought, I've got the excuse, I can read it from the Old Testament. And there's a lot more to it. Okay. I'm going to read this now. And as I do, I want you to still your hearts to just allow Holy Spirit to breathe on the words I say. And also what I've shared this morning, that he will just cement afresh in us 
this blueprint from heaven that he has reminded us of. Are you up for that? Okay. And then I'm done. The spirit of the Lord God is upon me. Because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the open, opening of the prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, to console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they may be called oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. And that's another word there about oaks of righteousness. I know a number of people have received that. And going on, verse 4, they shall rebuild the old ruins. They shall raise up the former desolations and they shall repair the ruined cities the desolations of many generations. Strangers shall stand and feed your flocks, and the sons of foreigners shall be your plowmen and your vine dressers. But you shall be named the priests of the Lord. They shall call you the servants of our God. You shall eat the riches of the Gentiles, and in their glory you shall boast. Instead of your shame, you shall have a double honor, and instead of confusion, they shall rejoice in their portion." Therefore, in their land, they shall possess double. Everlasting joy shall be theirs. It's rich. Jesus didn't read all of that, as far as we're aware. But that is to us. And as we move into the summertime, which can be a bit of a time of a lull, stir yourself with these words. Cause the fire to grow. Take time aside to let Holy Spirit minister to you and to stir you. Because as a body, we have a future, we have a plan, we have a job to do. Let's go for it. Amen. Shall I pray in closing? Heavenly Father. We give you thanks that you believe in us more than we believe in you. We thank you we're part of this ancient journey with a tremendous destination. Would you take us from this place and water these seeds? Renew faith in us, Father, and impart the anointing from heaven, which is the only way through which this will be fulfilled. And... Um, just build us up together as a family, Father, and bless us this week. Whether you are listening or watching, we hope you enjoyed this message. Please consider giving us a rating on your preferred podcast provider. If you're watching, please hit the subscribe button and click the notification bell so that you never miss another video from Freedom Church.